Hey, Martha. Hey, Kristen. <laughs> so here we are trying this Lenten podcast slightly different way. Uh, Martha and I didn't practice. We just sat down and said, let's have a conversation. So Martha, what is the word that we asked you to talk about? Zest. Zest. What does zest mean to you? Zest is exuberance, it's excitement, it's joy, it's energy, it's, it's what we want in the Christian life. Yeah, and do you have any idea why I asked you to speak on that word? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> really? I mean, listen, you're laughing even now. <laughs> no, this is, uh, this is crazy. This is so left field. Seriously, left field? You know, it's, it's interesting because you never know what it is that other people see in you and how you come across. And you hear all the voices in your own head about how you live life and what you think other people are saying and doing. And so, yes, it's a surprise to hear what other people see in me. Mm. Yeah, I can get that. Well, I definitely see a joy and a zest in you. And so when we were putting these words together and coming up with who we wanted to interview or have share their story, uh, you were one of the first that came to my mind for zest because, you know, coming to work with you every day, um, I was thinking about this. It's like going to your best friend's house on their favorite day. You're just, <laughs> you're a breath of fresh air. You're fun. Um, and as I've gotten to know you, I, I even know that um, it's not a put on, you know, it's not a Pollyanna kind of joy. There's, you know, that life is tough, but you also know that, God's promises are truer. And so maybe I was wondering, could you tell us about a time when your life wasn't marked by zest and maybe how you got to a place where others um, can sort of tangibly see the joy of the Lord in you? Hmm. Well, there are so many times when I feel like my life was not marked by zest. And one of those times, I think, was when I was a young mom and I had... Uh, put so much pressure on myself to be a perfect mom. And I saw that my kids, the way that my kids acted and what they did and who they were was a direct reflection on who I was as a mom. And so I put enormous pressure on myself to be perfect all the time, to have perfect kids, and that... Uh, that was a really that was a struggle. That was a hard time in my life. So, lots of young moms may be listening. I'm a young mom. What sort of words of grace do you have for young moms who, who like you said, like we think, oh, my child's misbehaving or acting out or not sleeping, and somehow that's a reflection on me and my abilities and whether I'm good enough. I would say, trust that people love you for who you are and not for what you do or how other people in your life act or respond, and to give people the benefit of the doubt that they don't judge I, that I thought that people judged me that way. And I was putting things, uh, I was putting beliefs into other people that were not there. And there was actually a huge realization when I realized that I was the one that was doing the judging of other people, and it was not them judging me. And that was a, hmm. uh, that was a revelation to wow. me that uh, the fingers were really pointing back at me and not at others. Wow. That's such a good word. Gosh, and to the, the think that the pressure we put on our children— you know, to perform because we see them sometimes as extensions of our own ego. That's so unfair. It's yeah. so unfair. Yeah. And it, it, it requires them of them a, a 
standard that they can't possibly attain. And it robs them of their childhood. I, I was making them be like little adults rather than allowing them to be children. Hmm. That's good. Okay, so when were you an early mom? What time frame was that? Our first uh, child was born when I was 29. Okay, that's awesome. So you're in your late 20s, early 30s. Life is you know, sort of obligatorily hard with managing a young family. Where did, how did God reach you or connect with you or what planted this idea of zest or joy in your heart? Mm-hmm. There, there were a lot of different ways that God was reaching out to me. And I don't really know in what chronological order this is, how this unplayed, but I do remember a I went on a business trip once with my husband, and we went to Italy, and it was—he worked all day, and I never made the time change. And so I was literally awake all night, and I had this one book. It was called Families Where Grace is in Place, and I read that book, and I— I understood grace for the very first time, and I recognized that I had no grace in my life for myself or for others. And I can remember sitting in the bathtub of this bathroom in this room in Italy, reading that book page to you know cover to cover, and that that book tra- transformed my life. Another book that changed my life was John Piper's Desiring God, and in that book his his main point there is that we most glorify God by enjoying Him forever, hmm. and that when we have joy, that is when we are living the kingdom life, when hmm. we are truly bringing glory to His name, exalting Him. And when we run around with this mugwump, grim, suck-the-joy-out-of-life attitude— that we're doing no favors to God. And people are saying, why would I ever want that? Why would I ever want to be a believer hmm. when if that's what a, the Christian life is, that you're just supposed to be this killjoy? So those two wow. books really profoundly changed my life. Wow. Okay, so families where grace is in place mm-hmm. and desiring God. Mm-hmm. And if I heard correctly, it sounds like maybe grace— Understanding God's grace is a prerequisite for truly enjoying God. Mm. And this is this is something that I can really relate to. When I was several years into being a Christian, I finally had this aha moment that that bully voice in my mind that I had been so often equating with God mm-hmm. slash my consciousness, conscience, it wasn't God. It was a bully voice that I created because I'm so hard on myself. And when I realized that, that that wasn't the voice of God, God is not a bully, man, it really helped me to accept the grace that He wanted to extend to me, like you're saying. And it really opens us up to actually want to enjoy this God mm-hmm. that claims to be so good, but so many times we just feel oppressed by Christianity. Right. Gosh. Exactly. I re- that, that actually reminds me of a time when I was on a prayer retreat at the Villa de Mattel over on the other side of Houston. And... I was in this. Uh, I was in this prayer experience, and not audibly, not out loud, but in my in my heart, in my you know deep within me, I heard God say, "Martha, I am not angry with you," 
And that was such a flood of release, a flood of freedom, because I heard, that's the voice that I was hearing. Exactly what you just said was that I, I thought that this angry voice in me was the voice of God, and it wasn't. Mm. It was who knows whose voice. It was probably a thousand different voices, mostly my own, but that that I heard God say, mm. I'm not angry with you, and that His grace was all throughout all of that. Wow. That's that's awesome, Martha. And I, I hope, I mean, that's an encouragement to me, and I hope that others listening, um, uh, if others listening hear voices like Martha and I, um, <laughs> then you're you're in good company. Either crazy or good company. <laughs> it, sifting through the voices, discerning which ones are life-giving and which ones are from the accuser or which mm-hmm. ones are just from ourselves because mm-hmm. we're broken. Um, okay, so let's let's kind of bring it to a close here. Maybe practical advice for folks who are listening um, and who say, you know, I doubt many people would say my life is characterized by joy. What is what's like one or two things that they could, you know, a, a thought they could change or a, a habit they could pick up or a thing they could do? What's just one or two things this week somebody could do who wants to um, be more captivated by the joy of God and live a life marked by zest? There's a psalm, I think it's Psalm 1611, that says, um, wow, you're going to quote it, no, I know, nothing in I know, front I of you? I think it's Psalm 1611. <laughs> Very impressive. But you can Google it. It says, in his presence, there is uh, joy forevermore. In his right hand are pleasures forever. For me, the way that I truly experience joy, because joy is not happiness. Joy is not going out and getting a new dress. Joy is not, that's not hmm. joy for me. Uh, when I am in His presence, and for me, I need times of solitude and silence where I can just be before God. I love the Psalm, is it Psalm 37, that says that uh, David longs to be in the temple and gaze at the beauty of God. And wow. so that uh, that's what brings joy for me. And so my counsel is for my words of advice would be to to know yourself to find out what is it that brings you that deep abiding joy in God and then pursue those practices in your life mm. and what it is for me is not necessarily going to be what it is for you but nevertheless God wants us to discover that mm. and so uh, that's my challenge to to discover that about yourself that's really good because none of us would um, – I think we could all agree that God's presence, there is fullness of joy, like that psalm you quoted, and that's an awesome thing for us to pursue. But it also occurred to me, you know, a lot of people are blessed with the gift of hospitality. Mm-hmm. And, man, if that brings you joy and that's serving and honoring mm-hmm. God, invite some people from church to your home. Whip up your favorite meal. Get out the fine china right. and celebrate uh, friendship and what God has done. And I'm so glad you said that because – I think for a lot of us, it's intimidating to get into God's presence. What does that mean? And so I think we've got like, I've got a list of future podcasts we want to do and ask people, what what does that look like for you? But um, yeah, that's great advice, Martha. Thank you. Well, um, I think we're coming to the end here. Would you pray for us, Martha? Father God, everlasting Father, you are the one who holds abundant life in your hand. And you want nothing more than to 
pour yourself out into the lives of your children. You are seeking ways to bring joy into our lives. And we ask that you would give us eyes to see and ears to hear and hearts to receive that, that we would think that we are, we've done nothing to earn it, nothing to be worthy, and yet, nevertheless, that grace is there for us, that grace that you have to give. And so we ask that you would restore the joy and that it would be your joy that would be the strength that would allow us to go through life, which is messy, which is hard, which is difficult, which is encumbered with so many challenges, and yet your abiding joy is there to carry us through. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. I hope if you're driving, you kept your eyes open. (laughs) Bye, y'all. Thank you for listening to Memorial Drive Presbyterian Church's Lenten podcast series. You may also want to check out Kids These Days, a podcast series for parents by Rachel Poiskey and Tara Reynolds. To learn more about our church, visit mdpc.org.